0: Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Spotify and on lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. In addition to what's listed there, the show is also on the likes of Overcast, Himalaya, PodCoin, Player FM, and more. Joining me today on the now hear this entertainment guest line from the road today being in South Carolina My guest is a singer songwriter guitar player who fronts a rock band that has performed more than 2500 shows She has more than 100,000 monthly listeners on Spotify Has just released a new video and to say she is on tour is putting it mildly with 17 shows in the 30 days of June alone Plus European dates later this year including two shows with some really big names. She and her band have already been billed along the likes of Jefferson Starship, Kansas, the Marshall Tucker Band, Cage the Elephant, Alanis Morissette, and more. You've been hearing a song of hers called Bomb Through the Breeze. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Hannah Wickland. Hi, Bruce.
1: Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, Hannah. Thanks so much for making time in your crazy schedule to talk with me.
1: Of course. I'm happy to be doing this.
0: Nice. Well, let's start off by having you tell the listeners about the song of yours that we were just playing called Bomb Through the Breeze.
1: Yeah, so Bomb Through the Breeze was the single off of my latest record, which I released um, about a year and a half ago. Um, And Bomb Through the Breeze was... uh, for us, the easy, easy single to pick um, out of the slew of the songs. I actually co-wrote it with Sadler Vaden, who produced my record. And um, yeah, it was a really fun one to, to write, but I love playing it every night. It's a it gets the crowd going. It's a, it's a fun one.
0: Well, unfortunately, I was talking over it while it was playing. So just tell the listeners, since they couldn't make out the lyrics with my voice being in the way, what the song is actually about.
1: Really, it's kind of uh about standing up for yourself and um and other people um if need be and it's it's really just kind of saying i'm not gonna I'm not gonna take your shit pretty much um it's really just one of those kind of songs it's uh yeah i mean the the chorus being like a bomb through the breeze, you can tell it's not too subtle um <laughs> but that's kind of the tone of tone of the song.
0: Was it inspired by anything in particular, meaning something that you actually went through, or was it just kind of an idea, and perhaps maybe even in this era of Me Too and female empowerment and so on?
1: Um, so when I sat down to write this one with uh, with Shadler, what really kick-started it um, was the riff. I think we, we started with this song being music first, mm. and um, and then when it came time, you know, we've, you know in the same sitting, started working on the lyrics it was kind of like you know we we wanted to match that same um that same level of intensity um and so when him and I started powwowing on lyrics and stuff it was definitely more of a general oversight on um you know just like being knocked around and and yes it can definitely um pertain to the Me Too movement and a lot of of the things that I'm referencing, um, you know, involve being on the road as a young female um, and really having the I have to stick up for myself you know, still to, um, to people not as much now, but when I was younger, like 16, 17 on the road, you know, like standing up to promoters or to dudes that are taking it too far or, you know what I mean? So, um, it was definitely a generalized message, but if you strip it down, um, there's a thousand stories behind it.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, you mentioned that you had the riff first. Is that typically, your songwriting style that you start with the melody first, or was that just kind of, no, only on this song, we did it that way?
1: I like to write songs in many different ways. So I've, I've got a handful of songs that I wrote the riff to first or that I had a chord progression for first, um, and then I wrote you know the melody and then the lyrics. Or I have a lot of songs, too, where I've had um, the lyrical content first. So then it's more about building um, the music around it and, and matching the the, ty- the the style and the tone um, that the lyrics are giving off. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I'll have like the lyrical melody, but I have, I'll have no idea and I'll just mumble my way through until <laughs> I come with the words. So, um, you yeah, know, I like to write in many different ways and, and I've lately been working on different exercises to try and start Um, songs in different places Um, you know so I've tried writing from just a title um, or you know doing things a little bit backwards, and I'm still playing around with my writing style.
0: Well, but at the same time, it almost feels to me from what you're saying, like it would stifle your creativity if somebody tried to put you in a box and say, no, you need to do it this way. You need to start with this and then come in with this. You know, if if a title hits you, if a riff hits you, if a lyric hits you, you've got your starting point, and you as Hannah Wickland, the songwriter, want to just grow it from there.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's like what the that's the fun in it. The fun is not having any rules and really just, you know, I'm I'm a huge when inspiration hits kind of a songwriter. I'm not I'm admittedly not a uh, you know, I don't write a song a day. I never have and I don't think I ever will. Um I I like to Write exactly, you know, kind of like how you describe it's like something hits me, like lyrically, or someone says something in a conversation. That's actually where I've gotten a lot of really good lines, um, (laughs) is from like overhearing people, or um, you know, someone saying something to me, and I'll just be like, Can I write that down? (laughs) I always ask permission, but then I write it down, and Uh, then then it's a new starting point. So,
0: well, I'm just might. Over the course of these forty-five minutes, I might just might come up with something that triggers a lyric idea for you. So I'll listen for your permission. To ask. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I hope we can. I hope we can uh, can do that while we're on the phone. I'd love to have a new line or two when we get off.
0: Nice, nice, listeners. It's kind of interesting. I interview guests all the time for now. Hear this entertainment and talk about their music, but I rarely get to see them perform live. Unfortunately. Although, now that I've said that, if you're following on Instagram, you've been seeing pictures over these last couple of weeks of me with some past guests at shows of theirs where I did actually get to see them perform, and I know there's still one or two others coming up. In this case, however, I had the pleasure of seeing Hannah perform first, and I'm now interviewing her second and wow, we could probably spend this entire 45 minutes talking about her guitar playing. Oh, my gosh. She tore it up. <laughs> but but Hannah, I learned in talking to you after your show that while that's what you hear the most, it's actually the compliments about your voice that really mean a lot to you.
1: You know, well, firstly, thank you, um, Bruce. Thank you for coming to the show. It was wonderful meeting you. Um, and now I have a face to the name, which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think the, I, I sway back and forth on this one. If I'm being honest, it kind of depends on the day when people ask me, what would you rather be known for this or that or something like that? But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, definitely feel me being a female guitar player. Um, that's really, I, I take a lot of pride in like my soloing and mainly in like jamming. Like I, I will just you know, I love to start every set completely different um, night to night. We always do a jam, but we never know what exactly it's going to be like. Hmm. Um, and so for for that, you know, I love being the guitar girl and stuff. But um, but I think, you know, my, my voice and, and the way that I emote and things like that, I think that's a even more stronger connection that I can have with people. And so when people tell me that my voice, you know, like touch them in a certain way, um, you know, that that has its own special place in my heart because, um, you know, I've been I've been through a lot of ups and downs and been through some like hard times. And it's typically people that are going through harder times or have been and come out the other side of those kind of things that say that to me. So Mm. um, so it's nice to know that my voice connects with people
0: for sure, for sure. The song that we played at the beginning, Bomb Through the Breeze, was from the self-titled album of yours that came out in January of last year, 2018. Is my intel correct, though? Are you working this year on a new full band record? And and, and I guess if so, what details might you have at this point?
1: Well, I am. um, I've been in the writing process now for the last, I don't know, five, six months. Um, And I've got I'd probably say like 75, 80% of the the album written. Um and as far as the actual recording process goes, that um there's still a lot up in the air with that. Um but we're hoping to get into the studio when we get home from Europe um in the fall and so probably recording a lot of this material in the winter, which would be wonderful.
0: And listeners, I mentioned that Hannah is calling me from the road that she's in South Carolina today, but home is actually Los Angeles, yes?
1: Yeah, so um, my home base, uh, where I consider the band based out of, is L.A. Um, You know, I kind of feel bad saying that because I don't actually have a house there, you know. (laughs) Uh, Being on the road for five months, it's a lot better to, uh, to give that up, you know.
0: The reason I asked you though is because I wondered when you say the recording of this new record will that be in Los Angeles? Is that where you'll record?
2: Um,
1: more than more than likely, I'm not entirely positive. Um, you know, we're still we're still a few months out, so I'm still getting some of those details hammered out. But I, I have a taste for what it'll sound like, so so we're off to a good start.
0: Well, are you someone that it's going to be ready when it feels ready, or are you somebody that will kind of set down a schedule and say, well, I do want to make sure that it's leased out by and set a date when you want to release it?
1: Um, So that's how I've been in the past with every single record that I've done. This this latest release is the first release that's, you know, been put on streaming platforms and things like that. But I had recorded and released – two full-length albums and two EPs um in my teenage years and they were always (laughs) those types of processes where it's like okay we've got four days in the studio let's knock out 10 songs and you know and we've got a budget of this and we already before we went in the studio had the you know CD release party booked. um so I'm Trying not to do that um, with this next record. I'd really like to kind of take my time and, and really treat it like a like my baby um, and like the biggest art project I've ever done, which it is, um, and really just kind of let it let it take the time that it needs and let it kind of live and breathe and and be able to sit with the songs. That's something that I've never been able to do um, after the recording process is to sit with things and, you know, not have to approve the masters within two weeks of finishing mm. the record. Gotcha. So, um,
2: gotcha.
1: you know, who knows, maybe it'll have to be done that way again, but <laughs> my fingers are crossed that I'll be able to just take my time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you have any say in it, it won't be that way, but I'm curious, you just mentioned the the releases that you had put out before and listeners, I'm glad that Hannah mentioned that because when you go looking for her music on iTunes, you're not going to see the full catalog. And and Hannah, I wonder what is the reason for that, that you don't have those prior releases from your teen years on iTunes?
1: Um, to be honest, I, I love the songs. I still stand behind a lot of the songs that I wrote. So it's not necessarily that. I think it's more just, um, you know, I, I was a teenager and so my voice, you know, sounds a little bit uh, less desirable, um, than it does now. And, and I think it was also just kind of like, I wanted to make sure that this record that I put out was, um, kind of like stood alone because it was it was the only record that i've done with the caliber of production and with a proper producer in a studio that got the tones that i wanted and it wasn't a it wasn't an overly rushed process so it was definitely a standout record for me so i wanted to make sure that it did just that on the internet um and so i also want to keep the options open to re-record some of the songs that i did when i was a teenager Ah. which Um, I know I could still do if they were out, but I'd rather introduce some of the songs as newer songs. Um, Like Mama Said and Looking Glass off of this latest release um, were songs that I wrote when I was 15 and 16. Um, One of our records is called Looking Glass. Um, So that was the title track of one of them, my first full length. And then Mama Said was the last song that I wrote um, right before we recorded um, our next full-length record, which was self-titled as The Stepping Stones. So um, that's also the big change, is that I added my name to the front of the band in the last two years. So
0: So can people buy those, quote-unquote, old releases anywhere, at your live shows, uh, on your website, anything, or not not at all?
1: I think I've got, like, 20 copies of Looking Glass left um, that people can buy at live shows. Okay. Um, And I've got my my following record, the one in between looking glass and my latest release. Um, I've still got some copies of those, which um, are on my website as well as the vinyl from that record as ah. well. So I've got, um, I've got two different vinyls uh, pressed so they can hear some okay. of that, okay. that older stuff there. Cool.
0: cool. Well, at the end of today's show, we're going to play another song from your self-titled album from last year. But the big news right now is that you just released a video for that song, so tell the listeners all about the video itself, the making of it, that kind of thing. And listeners, the song that I'm referring to is called "Shadow Boxes and Porcelain Faces." But for now, let's just listen. Hannah's going to tell you about the video that she just released for it.
1: Um, yeah. So I think once you once you hear the song, um, you know the lyrics. Are For me, my take on the social media culture that we're all stewing in, and I find myself guilty of it, of staring at my phone and having, you know, people call it FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. And um, also a really unhealthy thing that I find, find myself doing way more than I should, which is comparing myself to other people and just like, like scrutinizing myself so much. Um, and so this song was kind of in response to that. And, um, I co-wrote it with, uh, Lincoln Parrish, who was the former guitar player in cage, the elephant. Um, and it was my favorite song off of the last record. So that's why I wanted to do a video for it. And, um, the timing of it all worked out perfectly. Cause I went down to Cuba to learn how to salsa dance. Wow. And, um, I went down there with my sister and, you know, nine strangers. Um, <laughs> and we were all in this, this big house in Cuba. And, and for like a week, we were um, doing this salsa festival. And it was, there's absolutely no, you know, internet, barely. I think I got on my phone for one hour that entire week. Um, and it was amazing to take such a, such a long, deep break from social media and technology as a whole. Um, and so what was really cool about this video is that a lot of the, like, B-roll footage that you see in it, um, is shot in Cuba, um, and is from that vacation, and then immediately when I got off the plane, um, I went over to the director's house and gave him the B-roll footage, and we proceeded to, um, like, two days later, went inside of a random house, and... But uh I think there were like 30 different phones all around me, ha- some hanging and some down on the floor in front of me to kind of paint the picture of being consumed by technology. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like trying to represent how we all see ourselves at home. Um, so I'm not wearing, you know, any makeup and I'm, you know, not dressed in any fancy music video wear. Um, and that was very intentional to try and show the dichotomy between, um what we're like at home by ourselves versus what we're watching wow. on our phones wow. and what we act like out in public um and so this this video for me was uh was a really important step in um kind of showing the the maturity behind the lyrics that I intended. I like it. Um, and hopefully it's as thought-provoking as, um, as it was for us creating it. The director did an ama- amazing job.
0: I like it. Was the was the use of the Cuba footage, was that planned? Was that, okay, when I go there, I'm going to get some B-roll? Or was it an afterthought, like, gee, I just got all this great footage. This would be good to use in a music video.
1: So it was intentional. It was actually like the week um, that I was going to be going to Cuba, um I found out that one of the people in the in the group of strangers was a videographer and he kind of sent out an email to all the the whole group just kind of being like hey like I'm going to be down there so we're going to get some cool footage and um yada yada and so that's where it kick started okay. my idea for the video in general like the the whole video from the time I called the director um to the time that we shot the video was only like I think two weeks and I was in Cuba for one of those. So um, it was a very like bam, bam decision. It kind of like came to me, the concept, because I was driving from LA to Colorado um, to leave with my sister. So it was last minute, but planned.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, listeners, in case this is your first time ever listening to Now Hear This Entertainment, where have you been? No, I'm just kidding.
2: Uh, But (laughs) welcome
0: and thank you. Do check out past episodes of the show In right around this spot on NHTE, you'll hear me talking about TASCAM. But on this episode, we're going to do a giveaway. Now, my family, guests on the show are not eligible. However, we're going to give away a TASCAM TM95GN microphone, a $100 value. It's a gooseneck condenser microphone. And I'm going to give that to the first person to email podcast at nhte.net and you have to mention your name, where you're listening from, meaning city, state, country, that type of thing, as well as how you listen to the show. So through the website, through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, whatever. You need to mention NHTE episode 277, Hannah Wickland, and the TaskCam microphone giveaway. If you leave any of that out, I'm moving on to the next person's email. So write to podcast at nhte.net and be the first person to provide all that, and we will ship you this brand-new Tascam microphone. Note the time of where we are right now in this episode if you need to come back, because I'm not going to repeat it, or actually you can just hit the back button a time or two right now to replay those instructions, so you can write down the things you have to include to win.
1: Very cool.
0: Yeah. Hannah, two weeks ago on episode 275 with Northern Alabama-based singer-songwriter Peyton Gilliland, I got up on my soapbox and told people that she deserved to be a featured guest on NHTE, even though she's only 16 and a half years old. And I talked about all that she's doing, like three singles released in eight months, a new EP coming out in late June, recording in Nashville, and more. And we've been blessed to get listeners to this show from 144 countries around the world. So many of them are just being introduced to you for the first time. And I was shocked when I learned... That you are only 21 years old because you look older than that and you play like a veteran guitarist. But even crazier is you started your band in 2006 when you were eight years old?
1: I did. And I actually wow. did just turn 22. So I've made it past ah. that, that first daunting year. I <laughs> 21. Um, Happy but yeah, belated no, birthday. I started my band. I started the Stepping Stones when I was eight. And wow. um, I had extremely supportive parents. So uh, they made it entirely possible. So I started playing out, like gigging, getting paid when I was nine. Um, so I've been supporting. Music has been my only job my whole life, and I'm really grateful and, and lucky to, to have that story.
0: Amazing, amazing. Well, speaking of you and her both being young, on her episode two weeks ago, she was talking about the fact that her songs are being produced by Lincoln Parish. The guitar player from Cage the Elevator. Oh, How
1: wonderful. Very cool.
0: Here you are saying that you've been working with him. How did that come to be for you and him to join forces?
1: Um, I think it was an A and R rep from a, a record label that kind of paired us together. Um and I was I was living in Nashville for like a year and a half. Uh. Um a while ago. And so it was, uh, it was just a, a connection that was made. And, and I walked into, um, into working with him. Like I had already had the title shadow boxes and porcelain faces. Um, and I would already written that song, but I kind of trashed it. I knew I didn't like that version. And so, um, it, it was that, that song we wrote it in, I don't know, like an hour, hour and a half. Um, it came like butter. Cause he was just, he was, doing the guitar parts and and he wrote the chords and it freed me up to just be able to sing and so it was a really great partnership he's super talented super even keeled um that's really cool i'm gonna have to check out her stuff that's exciting
0: it's a small world after all
1: (laughs) it really is
0: Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, when performing your original music live, say the name of the song before and after you play it. When an audience member hears it and likes it, you don't want them to say, darn, what did they say the name of that was? And if they meet you after the show, it's always awkward when they say, hey, what was like that third song I think that you did? If you didn't have your set list written out, you might not remember, especially if it was a long show, or perhaps they won't stick around until you finish and or get a chance to talk to you. Give yourself the best chance of them going to find your music online by saying the title of your original songs both before and after you perform them. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip
2: just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful
0: tips that you can apply to your career right away. Hannah, you have been billed, you and your band have been billed alongside the likes of Cage the Elephant and others that I was mentioning back in the intro, like Jefferson Starship, Kansas the Marshall Tucker Band, Alanis Morissette and more. And in August, you're going to be doing a six-day cruise that leaves out of Spain featuring Peter Frampton. And when that comes back five days later, you leave on another five-day cruise out of Spain that has John Bon Jovi. How cool is that? And how did you get those opportunities?
1: um it's very cool i'm really looking forward (laughs) to it that that peter frampton cruise is also joe bonamassa um and i'm actually going to be going on the joe bonamassa bahama cruise in the in february too so i'm basically just playing cruise ships now um (laughs) uh but no it's actually um a really really great promoter six man um they do all different kinds of uh, music festivals on board, um, cruise ships. And so I did my first one. I played a a rock boat. I did the rock boat, um, in February of this year. Um, and you know, they really took me in with open arms. And, um, the reason I was able to get on board the the Bonamassa Brampton cruise, because Bonamassa, from what I hear, keeps a pretty tight leash on the lineup. Mm. Um, but he actually had stumbled across my music. I, I still have no idea how he found out about my (laughs) stuff, but he's been, um, kind of championing, championing me, um, through his website and through his Spotify playlists and stuff for Mm. about a year now. So I'm very eager to get on board and and get to meet him and maybe even jam with him. Oh, that's tremendous.
0: Wow. Wow. By the way, listeners, if you never heard episode 262 with Natalie Gelman, go back and listen to that one. She talks about having opened for Bon Jovi. We were on location for that interview, her and I, at the Winter Nam show in Anaheim. And as you just heard, Hannah will be with Bon Jovi leaving out of the cruise in Spain Hannah, in mentioning Peter Frampton on that first cruise that you're going to be performing on, you do the same effect that he is, in my opinion, kind of synonymous with. Describe to the listeners about how you do that effect, and then I guess, you know, whatever made you decide to use it.
1: Um, Yeah, so it's called a talk box, uh, which is one of my favorite effects that I use, and I've been using it. Um, It's been part of my pedal board since I was you know, like nine. So it's been something that I've done pretty much the entire time I've played um, guitar, but it's so cool. Basically what it is, is the pedal serves. Um, so this is more like the pedal version uh, that I use as opposed to the more traditional um, talk box that like Peter Frampton would use. Cause he can, he can bring a second amp just for the talk box. Um, but basically the, the pedal serves as a, um, a speaker, so instead of the my guitar coming through my amp anymore, once I click it on, it's coming through this tube. So there's um, a tube that snakes all the way up the, the mic stand, and it goes in my mouth. And basically, what it is is I'm I'm moving my mouth, and the um, the vibrations or or the the sound waves are reverberating off of my mouth in the different shapes that I make it in so it's that's why it has that effect of like i'm talking um i'm not actually saying anything with my mouth or anything it's really just moving it um that makes the effect happen um but yeah it's it's really a fun thing and and my dad is the one that introduced me to it I think the first song that I ever did with the talk box was It's My Life by Bon Jovi, oddly <laughs> enough. Um, we used to cover that song, but we also did like some Joe Walsh and um, things. But I've actually never covered um, Frampton. I think it might have always been a little daunting, you know, because he is the king of the talk box. So
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. I had no idea that you're not actually saying anything, that that it's just the shape of your mouth that's causing that?
1: Yeah, it's the same. Anybody can kind of do their own experiment, too. A lot of times when I'm explaining this to friends, it's like um, if you're playing a song on your phone, you know, just have it coming out of your phone speakers. You can put the phone up to your mouth, and it depends on how how much of a germaphobe you are. Um, (laughs) But you can make your your mouth kind of do the, the same thing. You just, you just move your mouth with all of the sound going right in, in, it, in it, and it's the same idea.
0: Well, I must say that when I saw you perform a week or so ago, I heard you doing that, and I looked, and I was looking towards your mouth because I thought, well, she must have some kind of device right in front of her mouth that's allowing her to do that, and I didn't see anything.
1: Oh, you didn't see the... Yeah, there's a clear tube um, that just snakes all the way up, just like the mic cable does. Okay. Um, And I attach it with Velcro, and it's super gross and dirty right now. (laughs) I need to clean it.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, there you go. Listeners, you learn something new every day. At least I did. I don't know. Maybe some of you are out there going, I can't believe he's taking this long to talk about it. Like, no kidding. Who doesn't know about the talk box?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entered Him guest line from South Carolina by singer, songwriter, guitar player, Hannah Wickland. Visit her official website at hannahwickland.com, And of course, there will be a link to her site from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you are on her website, there are links to connect with Hannah and her band through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Do also check out her official YouTube channel, 39,000 views on the video for the song that we played at the beginning of this episode. Plus, as you heard, she now has a new video out for the song that we'll play at the end of today's show. Lots of live dates coming up, so many that I can't go through the whole list. It's on her website, but she starts into June in the likes of Maryland, New York, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Washington, D.C., Virginia, and then both of the Carolinas. So get on hannahwickland.com to look for all those. Although you can stream it on Spotify, her music is available on iTunes, so do support her by purchasing downloads from there. And of course, when you go see her in person, support her at the merch table as well. Speaking of the month of June, when she's going to be very busy, if you have or if someone you know has ever considered starting a podcast of your own, I am going to be putting on an eight day challenge online in June. Every day for eight days, I'll be teaching you online everything you need to know to podcast. As you know, I've been doing this show every week for more than five years and I speak at events around the country in the podcasting industry. In fact, Denver, Colorado, I am coming your way in mid-July. Now I'm going to tell you how to get your show created, recorded, and launched, and it's going to be just 18 bucks total to take the challenge. Not $18 a day, mind you, just $18 total. The exact dates in June have not been finalized yet, so watch for social media posts about it. And if you're not signed up for the weekly e-newsletter, go to nhte.net and sign up for the newsletter because the info will be published in there too once we have dates as well as a link for where you can register. Hannah, we've talked around this a lot, mentioning your music, your live performances, but tell the listeners about the other two members of your band since this is a trio that people would see when they go to a live show by Hannah Wickland and the Stepping Stones.
1: Yeah, I'm super super excited about the guys that I'm playing with. Um, so the drummer, Graham Philman he was uh, he was in a band called Cordovas for a few years, and um, I met him down in Mexico. Our bands both played um, down there, and he parted ways with that band, and so he ju- just jumped on board um, recently, and it's. Been incredible. He is a phenomenal drummer um, and a super funny dude. Um, hardworking. The whole covers the full gambit. Um, but Graham's an incredible drummer. He went to Berkeley College of Music actually. Mm. And oddly enough, him and my brother. My brother uh, being the front man for a band called The High Divers. Um, he went to Berkeley for a short period in time and they actually lived on the same floor wow. and uh, you know, had no idea. They, they weren't like super good friends. They had a few mutual friends in college, but um, they met just, you know, like two, two weeks ago. And they were like, mm. there's definitely a familiarity. Like Crazy. we definitely hung out. Crazy! So uh, that was cool. Um, and then my bass player, Grayson Downs, He was my bass player down in Mexico, which uh, this festival that we were a part of, um, which is Cancer to Tropics, Tropics to Cancer um, down in Toto Santos. Um, It's a fundraiser for firefighters and and the local um, to raise money for the local fire department for them to get a fire truck. And so what they do is they bring the front man, um, front men and women uh, from the bands and have like a house band down there. Um, and so Grayson was the bass player in the house band down in Mexico and, uh, we, we really vibed down there. So he hopped on board this tour and, um, he's an incredibly smart, talented human being as well. So
0: how does that happen? Is it a case of where you had a need, you had an opening for a bass player. And so you just ask him, I mean, I know you're saying that's where you met him, but how does he actually get to be the bass player in the stepping stones?
1: yeah so i've I've kind of had a rotating cast. I've been on the hunt for a band band for the last two years because I went and dated my drummer um a few Uh-oh. years ago Uh-oh. and that was a total Fleetwood Mac situation <laughs> um, so I learned my lesson um but that being said i I'd already had you know tours booked and already had you know shows i needed to be at next week you know so when i was living in nashville i was doing a lot more of like the hired gun kind of scenario Uh, while trying to find committed band members okay so um so it's kind of been a a a long hunt um and so when i mexico was just i don't know how to describe it but toto santos has been uh has been labeled as a magic place to other people. And it was magic for me because it supplied me with a new band that I love and um, really introduced me to a lot of phenomenal other artists. Nice. So it was kind of like a no, it was kind of like a no brainer. Um, Really. It was like once I was, you know, got, got back from there and was thinking about this summer tour and, and trying to line up the players in my mind, Um, you know, I knew I wanted to go with guys that wanted to be in a band and not just, you know, get a paycheck and not care at all. So, um, I feel like I lucked out.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, those two cruises that y'all are playing on in August will be really cool. But in October, you're then going to do your first UK tour.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited for that.
0: And you're getting radio airplay over there already?
1: Yeah, that's kind of what, what started the, um, the talks for the UK tour, um, there's a, a station over there, planet rock radio, and they started spinning "Bomb through the breeze about two months ago. And, uh, so that kind of spurred everything else. And now they're endorsing and, and sponsoring, um, my first tour over there. So it's, it's like eight dates across the UK. Um, and it's kind of smack dab in the middle of, um, our European tour Uh, But I'm very, very excited. It'll be my first time, you know, ever being in London and we're getting to play and we already have tickets selling. So that's exciting.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Listeners, I got to say, talking to Hannah about her great guitar playing only makes me want to get my guitar out and play even more. I have an acoustic from the good people at Boulder Creek Guitars. Country star Lee Bryce plays a Boulder Creek guitar, as do players from Fleetwood Mac and Three Doors Down, among many others. And as cool as their guitars look, we all love the great sound that comes from their unique suspended bracing system. If you are an aspiring performer, go back and listen to episode 241 with Jeff Stramitz. He tells you the do's and don'ts for approaching a company to try to get a sponsorship, an endorsement deal, because he's not only a regular gigging musician— a multi instrumentalist, actually, but he is the CEO of Boulder Creek Guitars. And so, in addition to that advice, he does also talk about the way their instruments are built. Check out BoulderCreekGuitars.com, and that first word is spelled B O U L D E R. And if you're serious enough to even want them to custom build a guitar for you, write to me at podcast at N H T E dot net, and I will personally connect you with Jeff. Hannah, you were featured in Guitar World magazine. I don't know if you necessarily felt you needed it, but did getting coverage from such a highly respected publication give you some sense of validation?
1: Hands down. That was one of the coolest days. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I was in, like, I, I think I was in Phoenix, Arizona, and I remember, like, walking out and standing in the blistering sun doing that interview um and it was hmm. yeah that was a really 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 special very cool day. Um you know I I literally have grown up reading them and having them delivered to our house monthly. They're still being delivered. Um my dad my dad's a guitar nerd so um <laughs> it was very cool.
0: Well and by my calculations I'm thinking that maybe when you did the interview you might have been 19 so especially to get interviewed by such a prestigious publication like that and only be still a teenager that really says a lot.
1: Yeah, I guess I was 19. That's that's cool. Um it was it was a like I said it was a very special moment and um yeah, I'm really grateful that my career has put me in a, a place to to be able to speak with um people of that caliber and of your caliber. It's, it's very fun. It's a its a fun side street to this business, you know, for sure, for having sure. some cool um, milestones like that.
0: Well, we're in the home stretch here, but I must say you've mentioned your dad a couple times in his guitar appreciation. Is that what got you started into playing music? Was it your dad?
1: Yes, hands down, 100%. Um, he you know, him and my mom both bought me a a piano when I was three and that was my introduction to music. And, um, I remember he got me a a Beatles easy play today book, um, which is how I kind of fell in love with songs and singing and playing at the same time. And, um, you know, music as a whole. And so then whenever, um, it came time, I was like eight years old and my dad got me my first guitar and, Uh, Six months later, I was like, let's start a band. And my dad was like, (laughs) hell, yeah, and helped me every step of the way Um, because he had already been helping my brother from the time. Like my earliest cognitive memories are of going to see my brother's band play where my dad was the sound guy Uh and my dad was doing all those things. So it was the most natural thing in the world for me to start a band, you know, I didn't know any different.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so it sounds like it was also a natural progression for you to abandon that piano and say, guitar is going to be my instrument.
1: (laughs) Yes, but I've started revisiting the piano. We're Ah. old friends. We're rekindling our friendship. Wow. I've actually started writing. There's a, there's a couple of songs um, that I think are going to make their way onto the next record that, um, feature the piano uh, nice. Nice. way more yeah. so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff that comes out of that black and white instrument so <laughs> gonna try and, and utilize it a lot more later in life
0: hannah wickland fans you heard it here first that she tells now hear this entertainment you just may hear some piano or some piano inspiration on the new album in the meantime, Hannah, we are going to close today with the song of yours called Shadow Boxes and Porcelain Faces. You did talk about it before when you were talking about the video, but I do want to give you one more chance if there's anything additionally that you'd like to say about this song before we play it in its entirety without me talking over it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, which is, you know, I think I. Earlier, I told everyone my perspective on the song, which is, you know, that it's kind of my take on social media and, and things like that. Um, but it's been my experience that you know people have come up to me and, and talked to me about this song and um, and told me that it means something completely different to them, which I love and, um, respect. And, and so, um, I encourage you to just listen to the song and and see what it means to you because, um, it can mean a lot of different things. It can be applicable to relationships with other people with yourself. Um, but I think my, my favorite line, um, that I hope sticks with people is, um, don't rehearse what you're gonna say because we're all fucked up a little, anyways. Even though it says messed up in the song, it's it's <laughs> supposed to be fucked up. Um, you know, so it's like just don't edit yourself too much and 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 any aspect of your life. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what that song is all about.
0: And I imagine that when they hear you perform it live, you don't say messed up. <laughs>
1: No, I don't. I say <laughs> fucked up. Loud and proud.
0: <laughs> at a girl. Well, Hannah, you're doing just tremendous and I really appreciate you making time to talk to me today. Thank you and continued best with all that you're doing.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was really nice talking with you.
0: Likewise, for sure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Hannah Wickland. Visit her official website at HannahWickland.com And of course, there will be a link to her website from the show page for this episode on nhte.net. Be sure to engage with her on social media. That means like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. Check out the videos she just released for the song that we're about to play. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment Lots of live dates coming up for Hannah Wicklin in The Steppenstones. The full list is on her website, but she starts into the month of June in the likes of Maryland and then New York, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Washington DC, Virginia, then both of the Carolinas. Get online to look at the full list so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live. And although you can stream it on Spotify, her music is available on iTunes, so do support her by purchasing downloads from there and then supporting her at the merch table when you go see her perform live. As I mentioned before, be on the lookout if you are someone that, or if you know someone, has ever considered starting a podcast of your own. I am going to be putting on an eight-day challenge online in June. Every day for eight days, I'll be teaching you everything you need to know to podcast. I'm going to tell you how to get your show created, recorded, launched, and it's just going to be 18 bucks total to take the eight-day challenge, not $18 a day, just $18. That's all. The exact dates in June have not been finalized yet, so watch for social media posts about it. And if you're not signed up for the weekly e-newsletter, go to nhte.net and sign up for it because the info will be published in there too once we have those dates and a link for where you can register. Thank you ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Hannah Wickland. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Shadow Boxes and Porcelain Faces.